continue to move ahead toward the end of this year. Um, uh, we praise God for bringing us this far um, in all the challenges that we've had to face and are continuing to face. Um, and on that score, um, the Lord has something for us today um, that I believe is going to encourage and, and inspire and empower us. Um, and so, and we need that right now, particularly with all the things that we have been um, challenged by this year. Um, and some of us, I mean, we've been facing challenges for years. 2020 is not anything new in terms of challenges and issues, obstacles, and all those types of things. We've been fighting for years. Um, but uh, God has something, as I said, for us today that I believe is going to help us start winning these fights. Um, if you haven't been winning, it's time to win. Um, if you haven't been coming out on top, it's time to change that. And God wants to speak to us about that on today. And so we're going to we're going to find ourselves this morning to begin in Second Chronicles chapter twenty. And so I ask you to turn there with me as we get ready to get into the word this morning on this great Sunday morning in November. Second Chronicles chapter 20, and when you're there, um, you can go to verse 15. And we'll read to verse number 17. King James Version reads this way. It says, And he said, Hearken ye all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you, be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Amen. Amen. Let's pray today. Father, we bless your name. We yes, thank God. you, God, for the reading of your holy word into our hearing. We pray, God, that the words that we've heard will enter into our hearts. And Father God, that it will blossom into faith. And yes, Father, we thank you and praise you right now for what you are speaking and what you are about to share with us. Have your way, O oh God. Yes. Give us a listening ear today, O oh God, that we may hear everything that you speak unto us. Bless us to receive it. Bless us yes, to walk yes. in it. Bless us, O oh God, to uh, realize the manifestation of your promises. And Father, we thank you by faith for what you're going to do in the place. Father, I just ask you now to use me for your glory. Yes, Father. I humble myself under your hand. May you be exalted as you bless and edify the people. And we give you all the praise together in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, praise God. Amen. Um, the scripture reading is 
inspiring. Amen. Um, our word today, or our title today, is one word, and that word is overcomer. Amen. Overcomer. Here's the rub. As a child of God, glory to God, we just get right to it. As a child of God, you are an overcomer. Yes. Amen. As a child of God, you are an overcomer. You may not feel like an overcomer. Your life right now may not display any evidence that you are an overcomer. Other people may not view you as being an overcomer. But none of that matters because the word of God declares that you as his child are an overcomer. And because of that, I call you overcomer. Amen. 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 I call you an overcomer. Uh, you should call yourself an overcomer. By faith, you can just, without blinking, without stuttering, without stammering, you should say out loud, I am an overcomer. Amen. And it doesn't matter if you don't feel that way. <clears throat> it doesn't matter. <clears throat> The devil is a liar. It doesn't matter if you never thought of yourself that way or others haven't thought of you that way or your life doesn't seem to suggest that this is what you are. This is a faith thing. Um, the just shall live by faith. You are an overcomer. And so out loud, you can say out of your mouth, it's a simple sentence. I am an overcomer. Amen. And see, right now, with all the problems and challenges and the issues that you're, you're facing, and we're all facing right now, uh, uh, what, what allows us to continue going forward uh, with our head held high and our chest out is that if we can believe this, that we are overcomers. Yes. And that's exactly what we are. And if, if, you, if, if, if you haven't been living that way, if you haven't been thinking of yourself that way, well then, this is why God is coming on this Sunday morning to share this with you, because it's time for that to change. It's time for, if you've been losing, it's time to change that. It's time to go from losing to winning. If, if, if you've been getting the short end of the stick, well, it's time to change that. Amen. It's time for you to go in and collect the spoils, to collect what is yours. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of negativity in the atmosphere. There's a lot of negativity all around us, but it doesn't matter. Amen. Um, you are an overcomer Amen. and you can overcome all the obstacles uh, internally, externally. You can overcome all the challenges um, because you are a child of God. We're going to go to the scripture text. And this is a familiar story of Jehoshaphat. And uh, the people of, of Judah being attacked by multiple nations. Um, and Jehoshaphat, when he first saw this, you know, he, he declared a fast. But the people were afraid. You know, Jehoshaphat was, was afraid. And, you know, he, he didn't quite know what it was that they should do. Mm -hmm. And... You know, 
but he declared a fast because he wanted to, you know, he wanted to seek the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all the people sought the Lord, and Jehoshaphat didn't quite understand why this was happening. Because some of these nations, Moab and, and Ammon, Moab and the Ammonites, were nations that God had told his people early on not to destroy them. And so Jehoshaphat now reminded God of that and said, you know, you told us not to destroy them. He told my ancestors, you know, not to destroy them. And look how they repay us now, right? Because now here they come attacking us. And in verse 12, he said, oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that comes against us. How many people feel that way today? Yeah. That you have no might against all the opposition that is coming against you. Mm-hmm. You have no strength. You have no will. It takes, it takes just about everything you have just to get out of bed in the morning. It takes everything you have just to put a half of a smile on your face. Mm-hmm. You know, some you know the things that come against you. They, it, it you know it comes in waves, and problems come crashing in and crushing in, and you feel like you have no might against the opposition that's coming against you. That's how Jehoshaphat felt. Amen. So he he said, "We have no might against this great company that comes against us." Neither know we what to do. <laughs> Amen. And that often comes in that often comes together, right? When you have no strength, you also don't know what to do. And so you end up just sitting there. You end up just lying. <laughs> you end up just, you know, uh, uh wallowing in it. Amen. Uh, we don't know what to do. We have no strength, we don't know what to do. And then he said, But our eyes are upon you. And see, that, that's one of those things where, you know, you, you have to push through the problems and yes. the issues and, and say, I don't know what to do. I can't do anything. I don't have the resources. I don't have the strength. I don't have this. I don't have that. But I still have my God. And, and you can still look to the Lord. Amen. We will lift up our eyes to the hills, the psalmist said, from whence cometh our help. Our help comes from the Lord. And so Jehoshaphat said, our eyes are upon you. And so the nation came together. All the children of Judah came together, it says in verse 13, their little ones, their wives, and everything else. And then um, the Spirit of the Lord came upon the prophet. And the prophet speaks in verse 15, and he says, Hearken ye all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you. First of all, God always has a word for us. In the midst of our trouble, in the midst of our struggle, in the midst of our situation, there is always a word from the Lord. Amen. Don't let anybody tell you any different. In the midst of it. Because see, God's a loving God, and God's not going to talk to you in the sunshine, but abandon you in the rain. God is a God of the hills. He's also a God of the valleys. And so when you're in your low place, God is there too. Amen. And so God is always speaking. And so in the midst of the challenges, in the midst of the, the, this, this enemy force coming against them, God spoke. Amen. What did God say? First thing God said was, be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of 
uh, this great multitude. So the first commandment or the first word that God had for his people in the midst of problems and challenges and struggles, the first word he had here and the first word he has today yes. is be not afraid nor dismayed by the reason of all the problems that you have. Amen. No matter how many problems, because God said, don't be dismayed by reason of this great multitude. He didn't count the soldiers. He didn't get it all specific. He just said, there's a lot of people coming against you, but, but no matter how many are coming, don't be afraid and don't be dismayed. Yeah. Right. And so I don't know how many problems you have today. I don't know how many issues you're facing today, but the answer is still the same. The word of the Lord says, don't be afraid. And don't be dismayed. Now we have to stay here for, for, for a minute or two because this part is really important. Because how many of you know, if you can't do the first thing, you can't get to the second thing. And, and if you can't do the first thing, even if you try to get to the second thing or the third thing, many times the way God goes, he, it's line by line, precept by precept. And so if, if, if you don't quite get the first thing, getting to the second thing is not really going to have the same force and effect that it should have. Okay. Because it builds upon the first thing. So we have to take some time with this first thing. And, and this first thing that God says is in the midst of the enemy crashing in and the enemy coming up against you and all the obstacles that you're facing and issues and challenges and problems that you're facing, the first thing is don't be afraid and don't be dismayed. Yeah. Now, we're going to look at this, right? Because see, what, what's don't be afraid. Um, uh, don't be fearful, right? Mm -hmm. um, don't be dismayed. Don't get dejected. Don't get sad, right? That's what he's saying. Mm -hmm. Amen. Don't be afraid. Don't get scared. Don't be fearful. Don't don't get depressed. Don't get dejected. Don't get sad. What's he saying? These are emotions, and then the first thing God says in the midst of your challenge. The first thing you got to make sure you don't do is get emotional. Yes. And how many times, if we tell the truth, the God is saying, don't get emotional. Or, or, or I would say, don't get in your feelings. Don't get in your emotion. And see, watch this. Because how many times, and we all do this. We all do it. And so this is a liberating word that's going to empower us if we receive it right. And we all do it. Doesn't mean it's right. right. <laughs> Glory to God. Mm -hmm. See, sometimes oh, everybody does it. Yeah, but that doesn't make it right. right. It doesn't make it the best thing for us. Amen. It's not whether everybody does it. The key is whether Jesus does it. Amen. Because yeah. if everybody does it, but Jesus doesn't do it, then we shouldn't do it either. Amen. But how many times, Christians, amen, we all, when we get into trouble, when, when, when that bill comes unexpectedly, when that bad phone call comes, when the report from the doctor is not what we're looking at, how many times, amen, do we immediately get emotional, right? Yeah. We, we, we will get angry. Yeah. We will get scared. Mm -hmm. We will get upset. We will get depressed. We will get dejected. We will get anxious. We'll get sad. We'll start worrying. We'll start snapping at people. Wow. We get attitudes, right? How many yeah. times? Because bad news came. Because a challenge came. And, and, and again, we do it because it's natural. But, glory to God, we understand God is calling us higher, right? To be yes. supernatural. So yes, it's a natural response, but it's not the best one. 
And we often do this. Now, many times, right, you know, we will say things like, I have a right to feel this way. Or, you know, uh, uh, I'm an emotional person. <laughs> or we'll blame our lineage, talking about I got some Indian in me, or I got some Puerto Rican in me, or I got this, as if somehow, you know, it's hereditary and it's indicative of a whole people, right? Which right. is odd, but but many times we try to, to defend it. And here's the thing, God gave us our emotions, yeah. right? In fact, he, he gave us our emotions, but, but he never said that, that, that our emotions were supposed to lead us at any time, much less in times of trouble. Yes. Amen. And so that, that's the point. It's not trying to say you shouldn't have emotions or you shouldn't be emotional at times, but they shouldn't control, and especially in times of trouble. They're facing trouble right here. Right. And the first thing God said to them was, don't get emotional. Don't, don't start getting all crazy. Don't, oh, Lord, oh, no, don't do that. Don't get mad. Don't get sad. Don't be fearful. Don't get emotional. That's the first thing he said. Now, let's back up. And we know that we are spirit, soul, and body. Yes. And our soul is made up of our mind, our will, and our emotions. That's our soul. Mm -hmm. And so, we said it before, right? We're going to prosper as our soul prospers. That's what the Bible said. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So understand that getting our mind, our will, and our emotions in the right place is key to us prospering. Yeah. So we can't just look at this and go, well, I'm emotional. Well, if you're emotional, that could be the thing that's keeping you from prospering. Because you're going to prosper as your soul prospers. And part of your soul is your emotions. And here's the other thing, though. God doesn't lead us by our soul. Hmm? He leads by speaking to our spirit. Turn with me for a second to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's look at something there. 1 Corinthians 2. First Corinthians 2, and let's look at verse 11. It says, For what Man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of a man which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but by the spirit of God. Mm -hmm. See, as, 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 as men, as women, we can't know the things of God unless the spirit of God teaches those things to us. The spirit of God is the teacher. Holy Spirit is the teacher. And we can't know the things of God except by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God has to teach us. Um, Jesus told the woman at the well, he said, God is a spirit. Mm -hmm. Right? God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. But God is a spirit. And, and he communicates to us by the Holy Spirit yes. speaking to our spirit. Yes. Deep calling unto deep, as the psalmist says. 
And, 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 and when God speaks, he speaks spiritual things. He speaks spiritual truth. In fact, Jesus himself said, glory to God, he said, the words that I speak, they are spirit yes. and they are life. Yes. See, God is a spirit who through the Holy Spirit and through the words which are spirit, speaks to our spirit. That's how he leads us. Yes. He's not leading us by our emotions. Amen. He's not leading Amen. us by our soul. Amen. He leads us by our spirit. His spirit speaking to our spirit. Yes. Romans 8 and 14 says, as many as are led by the spirit of God, yes. they are the sons of God. The spirit of God leads the sons and the daughters of God by speaking spirit to spirit. Yes. By speaking the words that he hears. That's what Jesus said. He's not going to speak of himself. He will only speak the words that he hears. Yes. And if Jesus says the words I speak are spirit and life, then the words that the Holy Spirit is hearing are spirit. Yes. And so the spirit hears spirit and then speaks to our spirit. That's how it works. He's not speaking to our emotions. Amen. Amen. And so the mode, if you will, of heavenly communication is spirit to spirit. Yes. And our emotions often get in the way of that. Now, let's back up again. This is not to say emotions are bad. Nobody is saying that. They're not. Our emotions are real. Our emotions many times are legitimate. Our emotions could be justified. That's fine. What's, what's, what God is saying here, though, they're not the first reaction to trouble. Mm. You get the difference? No one's trying to stomp on emotions. It's saying when trouble comes, that natural inclination to get upset, to get mad, to get angry, to get sad, to get fearful, those are emotional responses. That's not the first response. The first thing God said, don't get into your emotion. Don't be fearful. Don't be dismayed. Amen. Um, that's all it is. It's, it's, so it's not saying emotions are bad. They just shouldn't be our first reaction to trouble. And if we're honest, many times that's how we respond. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. That's how we respond. You get that bad phone call and, you know, and, and that's how we respond. And again, so we're not trying to deny the human experience. We're just trying to elevate it, glory to God, so that we can go from losing to winning. Yes. Amen. Amen. So emotions, though, that are not are in control, you know what they do? They create noise, right? Mm -hmm. You think about it. When your mind starts to racing and your emotions start to racing, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Sometimes you can't even hear straight. Sometimes you can't even think straight. That's true. Right? Yeah. Because there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of confusion. And yet, what does God say? He says, be still and know that I am God. So you can then see how emotion and getting emotionally riled up goes contrary to that. When God says, be still and know I'm God, if we're emotional, we're not being still. And that's going to be hard to know God. It's going to be hard to know what he's saying. It's going to, going to be difficult to know how he wants to lead us. And so we just have to bring it in and bring it under control. Yes. You know, it's, it's, look, it's difficult sometimes to hear God on your best day. 
Yes, yes, indeed. Come on, somebody. Mm -hmm. See, sometimes it's hard to hear the Lord on your best day. It's nearly impossible to hear God clearly, to know what he's saying when our emotions are raging out of control. Yeah. Now, one last thing I want to say about this is this. Um, you know, you say, well, God gave me my emotions. That's true. God gave you your emotions, but he expects you to use them responsibly. Yeah. <laughs> think about it this way. Think about, think about, think about a teenager named Johnny. <laughs> We're just going to call him Johnny. And Johnny's father gave Johnny a car. And Johnny takes the car and Johnny runs into a tree. Johnny knocks over garbage cans on the curb. Johnny sends pedestrians scattering every time he comes down the street. Johnny crashes into fences. Johnny, this is how Johnny drives his car. And finally, someone says to Johnny, you can't drive your car like that. And his response is, my father gave it to me. <laughs> There's no one who would think that right. that's the appropriate response. Right. Because yes, your father gave you the car. But he expected you to operate the car responsibly. Yes, yes. So now watch this. When we allow our emotions to just go out of control, they, they, they're, just, they're raging all over, they're going up and down, sideways, this way, that way, the other way. It is no answer to say that your heavenly father gave you your emotions. Yes, he gave you your emotions. But he expects you to control yes. them the same way that Johnny's father expected him to control the car. He, he, Johnny can't say, my father gave me the car, therefore I'm going to drive the car and I'm not going to put my hands on the steering wheel. Right? But many of us don't have our hands on the wheel of our emotions. Mm -hmm. We let our emotions take us in any direction that they want to take. When we're the ones who're supposed to say, you're going left, you're going right, you're going forward, you're going backwards. Yes. We yes. are supposed to control them. But too many of us allow our emotions to take us in directions yes. like this. Jesus. And then we're wondering why we can't hear from God. We have to put our hands on the wheel of our emotions yes. and direct them and tell them where to go. Likewise, when your emotions start raging out of control, pump the brakes. You've got to slow it down. Amen? You don't just let the car go any speed it wants. You pump the brakes. Some of us need to pump the brakes on our emotions. You're too fast to get mad. Pump the brakes. You're too fast to get in, go all, all crazy. Pump the brakes. You're going too fast. Pump those brakes. Slow it down. Yes. Take control. This is not saying that they're bad. The car's not bad that Johnny has, but he has to use it right. Yes. And our emotions aren't bad, but we have to use them right. We have to control them. You got it. You direct your emotions. When your emotions want to say you're about to get mad, you go, no, I'm not getting mad today. See, because getting mad is going to take you off the road. No, I'm not getting mad today, right? When, when, when your anger, your jealousy wants to rage out of control, no, 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 I'm slowing this down. 
pump the brakes, take control. Amen. The book of Proverbs says that, that, that the, in Proverbs 25 and 28, it says a person who lacks self-control is like a city without walls. Wow. And see, back in these times, walls were built around a city in order to protect the city. Mm -hmm. So if a city didn't have walls, it was vulnerable to attack. Mm -hmm. Do you hear that? If the city doesn't have walls, it's vulnerable to attack. And a person who doesn't have self-control is like a city without walls, meaning that person is vulnerable wow. to attack. You have to make sure your walls are up. And the way you do that is you exercise some self-control. So yes, we all have emotions. I have them. I got mad, you get mad, we all get mad. I get sad, you get sad, we all get sad, right? This is something that's common to men, right? But 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 these are temptations, right? And and even when the Bible says, right, there's no temptation, right, that comes to you that except that is common to man, we all get them. Right. Amen. But God is saying control them. And so the first thing he said here was. In the midst of your challenge, the people are coming against you. In the midst of your challenge, the problems are coming against you. The very first thing, and we took some time on this because it's so important. The very first thing is don't, don't get overly emotional. Amen. Mm -hmm. Don't get overly emotional. Uh, don't get mad. Don't get sad. Don't, don't go crazy. Don't think that the, it's all over. Right? Don't throw your hands up in despair and, and all the rest of that. And you may want to do that. Maybe that's what you've always done. Because maybe that's the way your mama used to respond to things. You know, like, oh, Lord. Right? Maybe. Maybe that's how grandmother responds. I don't know. Maybe that's how you see on TV. But don't you do it. Amen. Amen. Don't Amen. you do it. God, the very first thing he said was, don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed by reason of all these problems. Glory to God. Don't be dismayed. Amen. Why is he saying that? He's saying, because I'm going to get you out of this. I'm going to lead you out of this. But understand, he's not going to lead you out of this by your emotions. Amen. He's going to lead you out of this by speaking to your spirit. Amen. So that's the first thing. So in, in, in verse 15, he said, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Amen. How many people have quoted that one? Amen. Amen. Songs are sung about a battle is not yours. My wife knows that song, but I'm not going to ask her if she's going to sing it because she's just going to say no. <laughs> I'm starting to learn. Amen. Um, I'm starting to learn. But songs have been sung about this verse. Amen. The battle is not yours, but it's God's. Now watch, now, now, now watch what God says next. Tomorrow, go ye down against them. Mm -hmm. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Now, <laughs> I love this, because God says, he says, tomorrow, go down against them. They're going to be over here by the cliff. You're going to find them at the end of the book, mm -hmm. right before the wilderness. So go down tomorrow, but you're not going to fight. You don't, you're not going to have to need a fight. Mm -hmm. You're not going to, you, you, you shall not have any need to fight. Watch this though. But you still have to show up. <laughs> yeah. This is the second thing. In being an overcomer. The one, don't get emotional. Second, show up. 
Mm-hmm. What I mean by this, too many people don't show up. Too many Christians are no-shows, amen? They don't show up for Sunday service. They don't show up for Bible study. They don't show up for men's meeting. Don't show up for women's meeting. Don't show up for choir rehearsal. Don't show up for their personal devotional. Don't show up for prayer time. And yet they're wondering what's going on. See, you got to show up, amen? There is value in showing up. In being present and accounted for. You have issues in your life right now. God understands. You have problems in your life right now. God understands. You have enemies, just like here, who are coming up against you. God understands and knows exactly where they're going to be. And he's saying, daughter, you don't have to fight this thing. But you do have to show up. I do have to know where you are. You do have to be front and center and present and accounted for. You have to show up. There are people who want to, you know, want to be valedictorian, but you don't go to school. You want to get your degree, but you don't go to class. You, 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 you want your marriage to work, but you don't show up at, at home, right? You want your family to be together, but you don't show up. And see, sometimes, sometimes we actually are physically present, but our mind is not there, right? So, so showing up doesn't mean just being there. Some people go, well, at least I'm here. No, see, if you're going, at least I'm here, that means you really aren't there, right? You aren't there and, 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 you know, you're mentally not there. Your heart is not in it. You have clocked out. Amen. And see, see, we need to know the importance of showing up. So God says to the people, first thing, don't get into your emotions. Second thing, understand you don't have to fight tomorrow, but you do have to show, show up. up. Amen. Amen. See, God looks for people who show up. Jesus blessed the ten lepers. They go show yourself to the priest. As they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy, but only one came back to worship God. See, only one showed up for worship. Everybody else went off showing off their nice, clean skin, showing off to their friend about how right they enjoyed their blessing, but it was time for worship. And only one showed up for worship. And Jesus took note of it. He said, weren't there ten blessed? But where are the nine? Mm -hmm. See, see, the nine didn't show up for worship. Only one showed up for worship. Amen. And so God expects us to show up. Yes, he does. And if we show up, as we said, if you show up, be there. Don't just be physically present, but you but but you really aren't there. Don't listen. You know what? If you if you're not gonna participate in the Zoom meeting, then then you know what? Just just bypass this one. Nobody needs to be looking at your face on the thing, and you ain't got nothing to say. And your whole attitude and your body language and letting people know you rather be anywhere else but here. Then just don't come, amen. Because if you're going to come, show up not just in person, amen. but show up, amen. amen, with your heart. Show up with your mind. Show up with your will. Show up ready to to roll up your sleeves and, and put your hands to That's the right. work when you show up. You see, because understand, you know, Gideon, glory to God, Gideon had all these men show up to to to. It's in Judges chapter 7. Have all these men show up. And God said, you got too many men. 
you got too many men. Because if you go out there and you get the victory, you got so many men, you going to think that you did it. So you know what the first thing that God said? You know what God said? He said, he said, he said tell every man who is afraid to go home. See how see the emotion, right? Tell them folk go home. It said twenty two thousand men left, and ten thousand were left with Gideon. So think about that. Gideon was surrounded by thirty two thousand men, but twenty two thousand of them weren't really there. That's right. They weren't really there. They 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 were there physically, but they weren't ready to get it on. They weren't ready to rumble. They weren't ready to fight. They were there. No, God wants us to show up, and when we show up, be ready. The battle is not yours, but that doesn't mean God's not going to use you in the battle as he gets the victory, That's amen? Right. So you have to show up. You know, I think I thought about this yesterday, um, you know, because I, I um, work in baseball, do salary arbitration, and, you know, this is when players are, are, are getting their salaries determined by arbitrators. And, you know, I work on the player side, I work with the player, I work with the union, I work with the agent, and on the other side is the team and the commissioner's office. And we all get together, my wife will tell you, my kids will tell you, we get together in February for three weeks, and, and I'm gone sometime weeks on end, fighting in the salary arbitration. But one of the things we always tell players, you have to show up at your hearing. Mm -hmm. You have to show up. Because there's been time players going, I don't know if I'm coming. And we'll tell them, you have to show up. Why? Because see, your lawyers are going to be there. Your agent is going to be there. Your union is going to be there. But if you're not there, you're going to signal to the arbitrator that your salary is not important enough for you to even show up. So here's the thing. If you don't show up, I'm telling you right now, and I've had this conversation with players, I'm telling you right now, if you don't show up, you're going to lose. Jesus. Because here's the thing. The arbitrators are sitting there and saying, wait a minute, his agent is here. His lawyer is here. His union is here. But he's not here. The arbitrators are going to rule against you. And see, some of us, we don't want to show up to our own case. Right? We have the issue. We have the challenge. But we want to stay in bed. We want to stay away. We want to avoid the situation. Wow. And it doesn't matter that, that your lawyer, Jesus, your advocate, yes. shows up. It doesn't matter that the Holy Spirit shows up. It doesn't yes. matter that all the, heaven, all the uh, 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 angels in heaven show up. If you don't show up, the great arbitrator, which is our Heavenly Father, is going to declare you lose. Because you didn't even care enough to show up in your own case. This is your case. This is your life. This is your family. This is your business. This yeah. is your ministry. This is your health. This is your finances. And you're not going to show up? Jesus. No, you have to show up. And too many Christians are no-shows. You just want to sit back and let God do everything. And God says, I am going to fight the battle. I am going to give you the victory. But the least you can do is show up. Amen. And so we got to show up. And see, if you don't show up, how can you 
resist the devil and make him flee. Because see, the devil going to show up. God said here, tomorrow your enemies, they're going to be by the cliff. You're going to find them at the end of the book, right before the world. What's he saying? Your enemy going to show up. Right. The enemy of your soul going to show up. The question is, are you? Yeah. Or are you going to keep running? You can't run from problems, amen? Too many people run from problems. You're running from your bad marriage. You're running from your alcoholism. You're running from your debts. You're running from bad decisions. You can't keep running, amen? amen? You can't keep running. You can't be Jonah, amen? It catches up to you. You can't keep running. You're going to have to show up and allow God to give you the victory that's yours. Yeah. Amen? You got all the help. You got, you got Jesus, you got the Holy Spirit, you got the angels, and even the judge is on your side. Yeah. <laughs> Glory to God. But you still have to show up. Amen? And so God says, the sex, so the first thing was, don't get emotional. Second thing, show up. Amen? Mm -hmm. Show up. The battle is not yours, but you still need to show up. So he says, he says you shall not need to fight the battle. Let's continue verse 17. You, 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 you shall not need to fight in this battle. And then he says this. He says, set yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord mm -hmm. with you. Set yourselves, stand still, and see. Set, stand, and see. Set yourself. Meaning what? Get into position. Amen? Get into position. Right? Get, in, get into the place where you're supposed to be. Right? That's your position. Every one of us has a position. Right? We have positions, probably plural, right? You got a position in your home, you got a position on your job, you got a position in church, you got a position in your community, you have a position in, in the kingdom of God. Everybody has positions. Amen? Yes. You have to get into your position. And watch yes. this. It says set yourself. Meaning, stop being so quick to move on. Set yourself. Get in position. Mm -hmm. See, you, you know... <laughs> Something doesn't go right. You know, people are bouncing around from church to church, from job to job, from marriage to marriage, from relationship to relationship, because something don't go right. I'm out of here. No, set yourself. Amen. Yeah. Get into your position. Yeah. Stop moving around so much. The grass is not always greener on the other side of the fence. Amen. Set yourself. Get into your position. There is a position for you in every you know, relationship and organization that you find yourself in. There is a position for you. Don't be so quick to move on just because things get a little tight or things get a little hard or things don't work out as fast as you think they should. Mm -hmm. Some people have gotten out of position. You were in the position of blessing, but you got out of it because you couldn't wait. Because things weren't going fast enough. Yeah. Things weren't going at the pace you thought they should. But no, you need to be more concerned about position than pace. You need to be concerned about position more than pace. Because, see, just because something happens fast doesn't mean it'll last. But if you're in the right position, it may take a long time for your blessing to come in. But I'm telling you, that blessing's going to be everlasting because you are in the place where God wants you to be. Yes. And so God yes. says, first thing is, okay, the first thing I need you to do is set yourself. Don't let me set you. And ain't no, I'm not setting you. Your mama not setting you. Your daddy not setting you. Big mama and them not setting you. Nobody's setting you. You need to set yourself. Yes. That's 
Nobody's helping me. Set yourself. I don't know what to do. Set yourself. It comes back to whose problem is it? I talk to clients all the time who, who, who expect me to fight harder for them than they'll fight for themselves. And when I sense that, I back up. I go, no, 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 no. I'm not going to fight for you harder than you're going to fight for you. You see what I mean? Because after a while, they will then kick back, put their hands behind their head, put their feet up on the desk, and just let you do the whole thing. Amen. <laughs> you got to set yourself. So he said, get in, he said, get, he says, set yourself, get in position. Yeah. Right? And, and then watch this. And don't move to another position until God tells you to move. Mm -hmm. Just because things aren't to your liking doesn't mean that that is, is a signal to move. Right. Uh, you, you get in your position and don't move until God tells you to move. So first thing he says is, 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 is set yourself. Second thing he says is stand still. So once you're in position, settle in. Stop moving around so much. Amen. Stop being no nervous. Just settle in. Settle your mind. Settle your heart. Right. Get in position. Settle in. Get still. Right. He says, he says, get in position and then stand still. But watch this. Standing still doesn't mean you're not doing anything. That standing still doesn't mean, okay, I'm just going to stand here and not do nothing. No. Do you know, you remember what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15? He says, he says, uh, be steadfast and unmovable, mm -hmm. right? Being steadfast means like, like you're unwavering. Right. You're unwavering. So when you're steadfast, you're unwavering. So be steadfast, be unwavering. And then he says, and unmovable. Now, unmovable, you would think, I'm not moving. But that's not really what he means, that, okay, you know, be unwavering and don't move. Don't move. No, because what did he say after that? Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Yes. So how many of you know that you can be unmovable and still moving? Yes. See, you can still be unmovable and still moving because you're still doing the Lord's work. It just means that the devil ain't going to move you off your coast. The devil ain't going to move you off your, your course, right? I'm moving and yet I'm unmovable. Yes. See, see, because see, I'm going forward, but the devil trying to get me to move out the way. I'm not moving out the way, devil. I'm just charging straight ahead. So, so being still doesn't mean you're sitting down doing nothing. It just means that you're unmovable, but you're always abounding in the work of the Lord. God has something for you to do. It's your battle. They had to show up. And we know, if you continue to read the story, what happens, once they showed up, they got out there and they started singing. And the singing confused the enemy. And the enemy fought themselves. And the people of God went in three days collecting all the spoil. But they had to show up, right? They showed up, they, they got in position, they settled in, but they still did something. We are always active participants in our own deliverance. Yes. Active participants. We just can't sit back and say, well, God says the battle is his, so I don't have to do anything. No, you have to control your emotions. You have to show up. 
You have to uh, take the right, your, your rightful position. You have to settle into that position and then you await his instruction because God's going to look for you to be abounding in the work of the Lord. Yeah. And so he told them this and he said, uh, if you would set yourselves, stand still, you'll see the salvation of the Lord. I like this part. He said, you'll see the salvation of the Lord with you. Amen. So it's not something that you're going to see that is not somehow you are also going to understand it's personal. It's yours. It belongs to you. The victory belongs to you. Amen. And so this is how God is positioning us at this hour to get in our minds. Listen, mm -hmm. first of all, you're an overcomer, mm -hmm. but you might not have been acting like it. I might not have been acting like it. For one, I'm getting too emotional, mm -hmm. right? For and, and maybe I got my emotions under control, but but I'm not showing up. <laughs> Amen. Uh, maybe I got my emotions under control and I'm showing up, but I'm bouncing around. And every time things don't work, I don't I don't set myself. I don't stand still. I bounce around from church to church and from relationship to relationship, from job to job, from school to school. Always looking for the greener pastor. Mm -hmm. See, we got to put it all together. We have to get our emotions under control. We have to show up for, right, in yes. the face of the conflict. We got to confront the problem. Amen. Amen. And we have to position ourselves and not bounce around so much. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And be still. And yet, at the same time as we're unmovable, always be abounding in whatever it is that God's going to tell us to do. Because God's going to tell you to do something. Amen? God's going to tell you to do something. That woman was in debt. The man of God said, you have a little oil, go borrow pots, borrow not a few. Amen? Yeah. Uh, uh, Peter said, hey, we got to pay our taxes. Jesus said, go fishing. Amen. Uh, the man was blind. Jesus put some mud on his eyes and said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. You are going to have to do something. Borrow some pots. Go fishing. Wash off your eyes. You're going to have to do something. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. It's not just by sitting back and letting God do everything. Amen. Show up for your case and God will give you some instructions for what to do. Now, we're going to end here. I just want to turn real quickly to 1 John chapter 5 and then we're going to leave. 1 John chapter 5. Because you are an overcomer. And I just wanted to be started with that. I want to end with that. Because in First uh, John chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him begat, um, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. That's what I should have said. Amen? Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Now let's go down to verse 4. For whatsoever or whosoever is born of God does what? Overcomes the world. Mm -hmm. So, but who's the one, right? It's those who are born of God. It just says, if you believe that Jesus is the Christ, you're born of God. Yeah. So, those who are born of God, which includes you, because you believe Jesus is the Christ, mm -hmm. you do what? You overcome the world. Mm -hmm. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world? but he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. You believe that Jesus is the Son of God, so you are an overcomer. You overcome the world. That's not preacher saying so. That's the Word of God saying so. Amen? That's the Word of God saying so. 
So with all the challenges and issues and problems and 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 all the mess that we might be facing, um, know that you're an overcomer. Amen. Know that you're an overcomer. Um, you know, you have problems and I have problems. We all have problems. I like to say, amen, that, that problems are are nothing more than things to be solved. Amen. Um, that's it. Problems are nothing more than things to be solved. And you and I'm not trying to belittle a problem. If you have a big problem, then you got a big thing that needs to be solved. If you have a small problem, then you got a small thing that needs to be solved. But the bottom line is problems are nothing more than things to be solved. And and in Jesus, we have the great problem solver. Amen. Amen. We have the great problem solver. So just remember, amen, as you're going against your problems, don't run from them, but just remember what God has said to us today. Control your emotions, amen. Show up, right? Be where God wants you to be. Don't try to run from the problem. Go to it. That's what made David different from the men, right? When Goliath was challenging him, the difference with David was he ran to Goliath. Right. The men were cowering in the back. David ran to his problem, but he ran there going, I'm a covenant man, mm -hmm. and you're not. <laughs> and he had his little slingshot, and he ran toward Goliath, and the, and the rest is history. So remember, control your emotions, show up, and then set yourself. Get in position, stand still, but, all, but also be abounding in the work of the Lord. Understand yes. that God is going to say something to you. Go borrow Go wash, go fish, go do this, go do that. There's going to be something, right? Because just because you're standing still spiritually and just because you're unmovable spiritually doesn't mean God doesn't have something for you to do Amen. because you're an active participant in your deliverance. And if you and I can do these things, as God, as we saw God uh, declare unto the people here, just like they went out and got it, the victory, Three days gathering up the spoil. You and I will spend our days gathering up the blessings and enjoying the blessings and seeing the salvation of the Lord that is with us. Amen. And we will be living that life as overcomers. Amen? Amen. Glory to God in heaven. Let's pray today. Father, we bless your name. Yes, Father. And we thank you, God, for the word that you have spoken unto us, that you have shared unto us. We pray, God, that this word will continue to to marinate in our soul and yes, our heart, Father. oh God, that Father God will continue to, to receive it and to learn from it and to grow from it. And Father, we just thank you, God, for uh, bringing us to a place of victory and triumph. Yes. God, we just bless your name, oh God, because we know you have something great in store for us. You are yes. not done with thank us yet. God. And so, Father, I'm praying that your will will be done in our lives here on earth just as it's done up in heaven. And we give you the praise for it in advance, in the name of Jesus. Bless everyone under the sound of my voice. Yes, Bless their homes, their families, their hopes, their dreams. Continue to lead them by your spirit. And we'll continue to praise your name. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Amen. This scripture is reminiscent of what Moses told the people in um, Exodus 14. He said, fear not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Amen. Amen. And the Egyptians that you have seen today, you'll see them again no more.